Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm Paul Arnold, joined by Ernest Watts. And if you've listened to our podcast before, welcome back. And we're going to talk football once again. Last week, Ernest, we both agreed it was one of the best football weekends ever. How does this last weekend compare? Pretty good. I mean, I don't think the standard of football, I mean, the level of play, it was close games, but some blatant mistakes by pretty much all four teams. And I guess that was the fatigue factor and the length of the season. I think it had a lot to do with it and, and, and the pressure of the, the previous week. You know, they always, you listen to coaches and players in the interview and they say, it's there's more pressure in division in the conference championship weekend than there is for the Super Bowl because you know you get to the Super Bowl that that all the pressure you know is extra and everything, but but you know the last week has been the more pressurized type of thing and and I'm sure everybody in America had uh, the Los Angeles Rams and the Bengals <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Well, all right, confession timers. Who did you pick to be in the Super Bowls? I I remember. <laughs> Oh, yeah, it was Green Bay and Tennessee. Yeah. And they went out fairly early two weeks ago. I think the odds on Cincinnati mm-hmm. were 160 to 1. I heard 150 te- to 1, but who's, who's arguing? Yeah, but I heard only two teams had higher odds. Lions? And the Jets. <laughs> Which means my Panthers were more of a favorite to get to the Super Bowl than the Bengals. And you think Garoppolo's coming to your Panthers? Yeah, yeah. He's going to get traded. There's no doubt there. Lance, Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback next year. And I think uh, they'll swap Darnold's contract for Garoppolo's because both of them are fairly high, and both quarterbacks need another start. Now, am I happy with this? No. But I see the logistical. That's I mean, both teams have to get rid of those quarterbacks, and it's a natural kind of matchup. I think more than anything else. Mm. Well, before we get to predictions about who's going where today, Tommy Football made it official that he didn't actually use the word retired. Did you notice that he did a yes. Twitter release about it's time to hang it up? Basically, um, no big surprise. He, I think he was a little irritated that. His buddy Scheffner released it a little early, but uh, I think this is a good time for him to go out, don't you think? Oh, it goes out on top. I mean, you know, he didn't he didn't like Manning, who could barely throw the ball to the sidelines. Uh, you know, Manning's last season, he had nine touchdowns and 17 interceptions. So, like, he could compete. I mean, I know it's going to be interesting that midway through the season, does he get inter- interested in coming back? You know, that, I guess that leaves the door open. No, the bigger question is, what is he going to look like a year from now if he doesn't? He's not on that TV program. Oh, he's going to be pushing that. I mean, what else is he going to do? I don't see him as a GM. I don't see him as an owner. I don't see him. He's certainly not going to be a broadcaster. So I, I, it's, he'll be pushing this product. That's pushing crypto, buddy. Yeah, game crypto. He's the Gwyneth Paltrow of the NFL, <laughs> pushing wow. his personal care product. Wow. It'd be TB twelve. You know how TB much Gwyneth Paltrow's worth because she's been pushing Goop for fifteen years. Well, a name like Goop. Would you try anything that was called hey, Goop? She's worth one hundred and fifty million. And that didn't come from all movies. She didn't do that all with Iron Man movies. 
No, no, that's about all she's done lately, too, has been those movies. But no, I think TB12, he'll be pushing that. I mean, he's, he's not going to be hurting. Crypto, I have old man doubts about, but that's, I'm not quite like the Clampets. I don't want to see my money in cash itself, but I'm sorry. I, I, I have doubts about crypto. Right. So, so then. Yeah, I understand it. Go ahead. Well, just going to go all over. This is going to be true right. part in the confusion. So, we're just going to. You want a quick trivia question? Yeah, go for it. This is the second time that two number one overall draft picks will be facing each other's quarterbacks. Nice. Second time? Second time. When so, was the first? The first time was Peyton Manning and. Oh. Not Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't know. Who's, who's the two? The How first time. quickly we forget. 2016, Cam Newton and Peyton Manning. Oh, it was Cam. I figured it was yeah. Peyton. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, let's do more confusion here. Is Cam going to be with anybody next year? Uh, as a broadcaster, perhaps. But not playing football, no. All right. His and career's over. Aaron Rodgers, where do you think he's going? You know, everybody's pushing Denver, but but to me, Pittsburgh would be perfect. I know his old offensive coordinator is now the Denver quarterback. I'm coach, excuse me. Uh, but, you know, you go into the division, it's going to be pretty tough. You go to Pittsburgh, even though Cincinnati's in there, I think that's a – you go to a team with great wide receivers, with two great tight ends, and a great defense, and everyone wants to play for Tomlin. Uh, Pittsburgh would be the smart idea, but you know, Miami is another choice. I, you don't know who the coach is. Is it, you know, which is, is or, uh, Speaking of coaches. Do you go to Minnesota and play for Harbaugh? <laughs> well, mean, did you see today that Flores came out to, is suing yeah. um, that he, the Giants only interviewed him just as a token and I do mean token interview because he's black, the Rooney rule, and that Stephen Ross, the owner in Miami, actually gave him $100,000 every time he lost so they get a better draft pick. Boy, he is burning all bridges with any possible jobs, isn't he? This is a Kaepernick situation. Uh, he may ultimately win the suit, but he has blown any chance that he'll ever get a I mean, it is ridiculous that you only have one black coach in the NFL, and the majority of the talent is, is African-American. I mean, Jim Caldwell's got to the point where he refused to do interview to be the token interview for the Rooney Rule. I mean, usually when you get rid of a coach, most of these teams have in mind who they want. Very rarely do they go through the process and you're surprised. They, they pretty much, you get rid of somebody. I mean, Stephen Ross knows who he wants, and I still contend it's going to be Jim Harbaugh. Oh, and no, it, he's promised it's not Jim Harbaugh, but I think he wants somebody from the Rams staff. I think it'll be hard. I'll tell you why it's, hard. it's Harbaugh. He would never have taken Harbaugh away from Michigan, but the idea that he's interviewing on recruiting day, on signing day, with Minnesota kind of gives him an out, like, well, I didn't take him away from Michigan. He was going to go to pro anyway, and so I just offered him a better deal. No, 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 no. You don't think Harbaugh's going to go to Minnesota? No, no. And get their offer and then wind up in, in, my, in Miami? 
Well, the defensive coordinator for Rams, Raheem Morris, right? Yeah. He had a cup of coffee as an interim uh, coach in Atlanta, right? So I think he's a hot commodity. Tampa Bay, actually. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Would you rather have someone who's failed somewhere else or someone who has, I think his record is like 68 and 44 as a pro coach? Yeah. So right now, right now, will Harbaugh be the Michigan head coach in the fall? Your gut feeling. Yes. You're closer to the situation. You really? <coughs> I think that the NFL teams have sort of said that he's his window is closed. That if he had tried to go out like four years ago or three years ago, I think they would have still picked him up. But he's so quirky. I think they're like, uh, we don't want that much intensity. I think they've soured on him. And everybody wants the next McVeigh. They want the next Shanahan, but younger. Um, so who's why that, is he- though? Why is he interviewing on the most important day for a college program? The first day where you can sign players, February 2nd, with Minnesota. Well, they say that he's got a big ego, like every other big-time coach, and he, he likes could, to be pursued. So He could have done it yesterday or Sunday. I mean, that's a to me, that's a red flag, because you know the pejorative image you're going to see on TV tomorrow are all these coaches that show up at 6 a.m. and they're recruiting headquarters. And it's going to be like, it's like this. It's generally, it's like draft day in the NFL. And even, even with the transfer rule, which has kind of lessened the effect of this a little bit, that's the image. And, and, you know, the competition and Michigan's competition with, with recruits, it just sends out a mixed message to me. I mean, he could easily do this, Next week or the weekend, and, and that date just kind of makes me wonder, Big Eagle or not, this is not just conjecture. I mean, yeah, I think he really does want to leave. I just don't think NF, any of NFL teams going to give it to him. And I think, like Brady, this is the perfect time for Brady to retire. This is the perfect time for Harbaugh to leave. I mean, he's, he's probably never going to get better than this year where you finally beat Ohio State, you get in the national playoffs, and you know – Unless you are Alabama or Clemson, you're not going to win that. So I think this is a perfect year for him to leave. Um, But I don't think any team wants him. The latest thing I read about the Vikings is they interviewed him first, and they're not really sold on him. They're going out interviewing some people on the West Coast right before Super Bowl. Yeah, but a lot of that's the Rooney rule, too. I mean, you just can't. Individuals they they interview, it's kind of – some of it is for show. Some of it's just, you know, fake, you know, just giving the image that you're giving all candidates an app choice. So I know one guy I would like to give a second chance. All right. Bowles, the assistant defensive coordinator for the, um, <coughs> excuse me, the Buccaneers. <coughs> excuse me. Because I think he got a raw deal in the Jets. Do you think so? Or do you think he has a chance to get another job or is he too old? didn't really have the talent. They didn't really support him. I think he had three different general managers while he was there. I know. That's what I'm saying. But, I, you know, you kind of wonder if there's only one case I know, two cases, excuse me, of guys that got a second choice chance and did well. And that's Pete Carroll and Belichick. And that's, that's the rarity of that. Well, I Tony mean, Dungy sort of got ran out of Tampa uh, Bay yeah, and did well at the Colts. And that was a winning program. I mean, the only reason he got fired was they couldn't get past the NFC Championship. 
because he took them to an NFC Championship game. They lost to the Rams nine to zero with a third string quarterback. Uh, it's it's you know it seems that everybody's tending towards the offensive coaches now. And now the Bears pick was a strange one. Elber, I, what? What's his name? Uh, Eberflus. Yeah, I mean, he's not that great a defensive coordinator. He's not one of those guys that really scare you. And when you look at the situation there with their quarterback, they they need an offensive guru. I know the last two coaches they had were offensive gurus, and that didn't work out. But they hired so, the Green Bay quarterbacks coach to come down to Chicago to coach up fields. Yeah, but the, you still got a defensive guy. I mean, like I said, it's Chicago. I really thought the Ohio State coach was going to look at that. I really did. I thought that was something of interest to him. But so what do you think you know, is I, the biggest storyline going into this off season? Well, it's going to be Rodgers again. <laughs> <laughs> he says he says it's, he's going to end it early. You know, make up his mind pretty fast before free agency. It's it's going to be Rodgers. I mean, there's no really. Great talent. Your best talent are two defensive ends, Hutchison and and the kid from Oregon. Uh, there's no real offensive stars. Uh, Kenny Pickett probably be the first quarterback picked. I would be surprised if he's not picked by the Steelers. So that means pretty far in the draft. Uh, I think that's that's probably the big stories. Yeah, I mean, we uh, Rodgers is it. That's the overriding message, I think. There's going to be some quarterback movement and trading, but not like we've had names moved in the past. And we, we forgot about Watson. I mean, that's still in the air until until the... Elementary, my dear Watson. Yeah, I mean, and well, I'm saying until the district attorney says their investigation is over and, and until their settlement with these 26 women. I know it makes Ben Roethlisberger look like, you know, tame Same. compared to Deshaun Watson. Well, it's a different time too. I do believe that if Roethlisberger had done that this year, he would have had a set out a year also. I just think the public awareness now, instant media makes it a lot more difficult. But I mean, I'm, I'm leaning to if Watson doesn't play next year, you may never see him ever play again. Ooh, I mean, uh, yeah. Not even the CFL or USFL, uh, or the XFL, <laughs> or yeah. I, I just kind of wonder. You take two years off. I mean, Mike Vick took five, and he was the, half the quarterback he was before. Yeah. And then that's just, and again, even if he settles with these ladies, and there is no charges, the environment now, the cancel culture is it's going to be difficult for a team to justify paying him millions of dollars. Yeah, it's it's a question. Is like we like forgiving people if they show humility and giving second chances. But I don't know if that culture is even around anymore. Sometimes I feel like we've lost some of that in our our culture. There are some, but I think it's it's not a blanket type of thing it is dependent on the action of the person and and again the 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 person actually coming forth publicly and you know mike vick did that he came out he supported donated money and he did get a second chance with the eagles and played with the steelers a little bit it's just 
the length of time to walk away from football to do that and come back is very, very hard to do. What Gronk was able to pull off is truly amazing, and I think it helped his body in healing. His and body. he's and gone, again, don't you think, Gronk? Oh yeah, oh yeah, he's not hanging around. You know, the the big rumor is Rogers going to Green, uh, going to Tampa Bay, and I don't see his ego going there because you <laughs> have to win. He'd have to win a Super Bowl. I mean, that's just and just to eat, equalize what what Brady had done. All right. Well, speaking right. about Super Bowl, yes, I think they play a week from Sunday. Yes, this is the lowest seeded teams ever to be in the Super Bowl. We've got two number four seeds. Right. So everybody's fallen in love with Joe Cool. Do you think Joe Burrow can do it one more time? Is he that good or he just is on a run and cool off over two weeks? I think if they had played this week, I'd give him a good chance to win. But a young team like that with the two week break, the fact that there's only four guys on that team that were alive the last time the Bengals were even in the playoffs, and the oldest was only five years old. There's no Super Bowl experience. The Rams are playing at home. They're going to be in their own locker room. Uh, this is a team that the majority of players have the experience from playing New England three years ago. Uh, I think they're going to be used to the you know the hubbub, the the, the flash, the everything, the experience of Super Bowl week, which is much more different than their ordinary experience, I think the Rams will win. I'm afraid we've had six straight great games. We may not get an entertaining game. That's the other problem the next day. But I would I'd give experience. I give you know. I, I think the Rams are going to pull it off. Mm-hmm. I saw an interesting study that questioned, and and you can answer this. How do Lions feel? Lions fans feel about. Stafford finally making it to a Super Bowl. It's one of those things is if you can't win, you want your brother to win. You know, so it's like if the Lions can't win, we want to see Stafford win type of deal. We we feel like he definitely paid his dues here and he's such a good guy. Um his More wife less. on the other hand can really <laughs> spark up the controversy in a heartbeat. So uh, well, it's, it's more like your your vitriol would be more aimed towards the team and not supplying him the the resources. No, no. Well, now even you know it's like the general manager of Lions was interviewed and asked that question about Stafford. He says, "Hey, it worked out for both teams. We're rebuilding. They needed to win now. Hey, it's good." And uh, actually, Goff, Jared Goff, got better toward the end. I don't know if he's the long term answer, but at least he's not as stiff, as bad as he was at the beginning. It's amazing how fast you will run when you have no offensive line. So I think he's lost a little weight this last year. No, we saw that for the Panthers also. That is a trait <laughs> the quarterbacks do pick up. We didn't know Darnold could run until this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that was the only trait that, that Cam had in that respect. I mean, it's a, it's a <coughs> fascinating matchup of almost young versus old. Now, again, You've got a situation where Zach Taylor, the Cincinnati coach, who is a year older than the Rams coach McVay, he actually uh, played was one of McVay's coaches when they went to Super Bowl last time. And a lot of people may remember Zach Taylor when he was a quarterback for Nebraska. They actually played for the Big 12 championship, and I think they lost to Oklahoma. Yeah. I think they lost to Oklahoma. That was before Nebraska left and went to the Big Ten. So you got two coaches. First time you've had two Super Bowl coaches under the age of 40. 
How does that make us feel, Paul? Oh, you, you, oh, you, you got some great matchups in that you have um, that that front four for the Rams going against uh, what everybody thought was a seed with the Bengals' offensive line, but I thought they did pretty well against the Chiefs. I thought they yeah. blocked fairly well. Well, let's break that down. You know, I was watching that whole game, and I couldn't fathom why. Mahomes would not throw the ball instead of being sacked. Was they just defensive secondary doing that good a job, or was Mahomes afraid of throwing the pick? Or was Mahomes injured? I mean, the whole that game turned around before the end of the first half. And there's either two things: uh, stupidity or incompetence. And not only for Mahomes, but for Andy Reid too. Because you had the ball um, first and goal, 13 seconds to go, no timeouts. And on the last play with five seconds, you either throw very fast or you spike the ball and you kick a field goal, which would have given you a two-touchdown lead, would have been 24-10. to In many respects, probably would have won the game because you would have kicked for a winning field goal at the end of the game instead of to tie. But for some reason... Reed puts in a running play. Of course, the clock doesn't stop. Clock runs out. You know They're in the red zone. They get no points whatsoever. They come back, and Mahomes just looks lost. And I wondered if he was injured. I mean, he wouldn't even attempt to throw the ball. The other thing I questioned, and this is from the second quarter on, was you had the Chiefs picking up anywhere from five to seven yards running the ball on first down. Now, after Cincinnati tied the game, they never attempted another rushing play in regulation or overtime. They gave up on a very potent rushing attack. I think they were averaging five yards a carry, whereas they couldn't get a first down in the second half. I mean, it's, you know... And Reed's supposed to be a genius. I mean, what happened? Well, well, you remember the old uh, Joe Theismann quote, uh, there's no genius in football. Geniuses are like uh, Norman Einstein. <laughs> True quote, actual quote. I mean, it's, sometimes there's an expression in the South, and I have to clean this up a little bit, because sometimes you think your blank doesn't stink. Yes. In other words, you, you become so arrogant that you think that anything you do turns out well. And that's Really, what I saw with the Chiefs, and uh, I was thinking, yeah. where's the crossing patterns? Where are the slants? I mean, that you know, you can at least get a little separation on a quick slant or a stop and go, you know, turn and go with uh, Kelsey. I couldn't believe it. So I think they double teamed Kelsey. They shut yeah. down um, the wide receiver. I forget his name right now, but uh, I just was amazed that here was Mahomes, one of the best ever. Totally shut down, and I just didn't know if I could give the Bengals that much credit for it. Well, you saw an adjustment for the Bengals when they were, the ends were rushing. Instead of crashing down, they were kind of looping out. So when Mahomes does that little trick where he turns his back to the line of scrimmage, they had him trapped. He could not get outside the rush. Instead of rushing directly, both defensive ends kind of did like a circle pattern. So when Mahomes turned around, the pocket was around him. So he could not escape. He was escaping in the first half, second half. They had him. Contained. That's when you run draws. Come on. Oh, yeah. But they didn't run the ball. 
And when he attempted to run the circle routes with the with the running backs, uh, they were able. I mean, he was missing. That was he the was interception they tried to throw a screen, yeah. and he just threw it right at the guy practically. Yeah. And on fourth down, they could not get the ball advanced when they were in the territory of uh, the Bengals. It was just like, again, a lack of confidence. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised to hear that Mahomes had a blow to the head or something or some injury, just like a different player. Who would have thought they wouldn't have scored in the second half? I think that was so shocking. So it makes you wonder, Burroughs is good, but without Mahomes just having the worst day of his career, they wouldn't have won. I think if they'd run the ball, they would have won. If they kicked the field goal at halftime, they would have won. It's it's sometimes there's that when you get the big enough lead, sometimes you let you get you know the old expression is let your foot off the gas, and it was a total breakdown. I mean, you know, all year I have raked Mike McCarthy for his uh, late game management, but Andy Reid's late game management was was horrible. And, you know, every year about this time, we get heard brilliant to me, never gets any offers for coaching. Do you think he was going to interview him after that game? I mean, mm-hmm. that was a total – the defense didn't play all that badly. And not, no, listen, they were and gassed. Lost. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I know one of the players. I know uh, one of the players for the Chiefs. Ingram. And I was – yeah, Melvin Ingram. And I was rooting for him. Got a sack, packed, dropped down a pass, played a pretty decent game. I don't know like the scene in the Super Bowl, but what the Bengals were able to do. And again, I don't want to make it sound like the Chiefs lost the game. The Bengals put the points on the board. And they were able to use their second receiver, their two running backs. That They were able to take over the game and dictate. And again, the adjustment on the defense, they started dropping down two safeties deep. The Tampa 2 Defense, you so who has who's had the more impressive run, the Rams or the Bengals, to get to the Super Bowl? Well, it's got to be the Bengals. You beat the number one seed, number two seed. I mean, the the Rams, their biggest opponent they faced was was beating Tampa Bay at Tampa Bay, but they didn't face the number one seed. They beat the number two seed, and so yeah, Cincinnati won two games on the road. Rams only won one. So, yeah, Cincinnati, what they're able to accomplish. And their quarterback, I mean, he looks like the second coming of Joe Montana. He doesn't have the strongest arm. but Or it's Joe active. Namath. Well, Namath could throw pretty deep. Namath couldn't run like he could. And that's another thing that we didn't think he could run the ball, but he picked up three first downs with the rushing. And him just picking up the ball and running, which negated a lot of the uh, – Attempts by Sperano, the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, uh, to, to you know take away his targets and and make him throw the ball away. It was it's a well coached team. Uh, I do think the week off hurts them to an extent. And you know people always say young teams, you never know what's going to happen. Guys get full of themselves. There's free agency and they need to get an offensive line. And to see if you look at the matchup. When you look Donald and Miller and and that, that defensive line for the Rams, it's it's gonna put a lot of constant pressure. They're gonna have to use screens, they're gonna have to use draws, they're gonna have to tire out that defensive line, they're gonna have to establish the run with the enemy and then I mean with Perline and some of the other running backs they have. They've they've got to run the ball, be successful, and to a certain extent they've got to use the clock. 
they didn't do that against the Chiefs. Chiefs had the ball most of the possession. Yeah. But, well, and, the, the wild card for me is, is Stafford going to be the Stafford that beat Tampa Bay? Or is it going to be the Stafford who at least one time a game you go, oh, oh, no, oh, no, don't throw that. Throws the ball doesn't exempt. And, and one other thing before we get off the Bengals, get off the Rams, is uh, Shooter McPherson, their kicker. That's a uh, Happy Gilmore reference, folks. <laughs> I mean, this, this kid does not – he set a record for the most field goals in the playoffs by a rookie. And he's just confident. He's a fifth-round draft pick from Florida. And he's just – if they cross midfield, they've got three points every time. And that tends to make your offense relax to the extent that we know if we gain so many yards, we've got automatic three points on the field in that respect. Now to the Rams. You know, Stafford did, though. Again, that was a gift interception by Ward that hit him in the chest. I think kind of surprised him in that respect. But it's it's the you know I, I kind of rank the offenses maybe a slight advantage to Cincinnati, but that defense for the Rams uh, it's it's just and the story of Eric Weddle who was playing pickup basketball two weeks <laughs> ago. Hadn't played in the NFL in two years. The, the idea that he's going to be playing in the Super Bowl, I mean, that's, that's some pulp novel uh, type of script that I wouldn't believe in that respect. So how likely that one of the Bengals players gets in trouble like the two days before the Super Bowl or the day before in L.A.? I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think the players now understand. I mean, everybody has a camera in their hands on their phone. So, so an idea of what happened to the green Bay, uh, defensive back who happens to be the play by play court of uh, the color broadcast for the Panthers Robinson. Yeah. Eugene Robinson getting caught with a lady of the evening the night before that's, that's not going to happen. I, I think those types of things, uh, I think security in the NFL and, and that's, I don't think they're going to get in trouble in that respect. And I don't think anybody's going to be pulling the fire alarm in the hotel they're in. I think <laughs> there's security all over the place. I, I don't foresee that. No and, power outage in the middle of the game? like in No power outage, no phone calls asking for Mr. B.O. Odor. <laughs> Mr. B.O. Odor, please. No, no, none of that's going to happen. That's, that's All right, so that's an old gag. Some of our listeners may not get oh, that okay. phone call prank like hello is your refrigerator running you know uh, that kind of thing looking for a man by the name of seymour last name butts uh, <laughs> ask for classic i was gonna say this, the simpsons do this all the time there's a whole list on that respect but uh i don't think stafford's got the deep arm that he used to because the last two games he's thrown deep and it's kind of fluttered and been about 10 yards short, I still think he's pretty accurate within 30 yards. And again, it's going to be important for them for the rushing attack. Uh, they can't put the ball on the ground like they did against Tampa Bay, but they've got to, even if they don't pick up yardage, they've got to, all their passing plays are built on the threat of running. Uh, you know, whether their, their tight end comes back, that, that's a question. Both teams have lost tight ends and i know the uh tight end for the Bengals is not coming back yeah i uh, thought they said it didn't look too bad 
Yeah, well, I don't know. He was on crutches. I know, but they gave a report later that he just sprained his MCL. Yeah, well, I don't we'll know see. what Higby's prognosis. Yeah, was. Higby, he looked a lot worse in that respect. But they, the kid they put in there, yeah, who scored his first touchdown against Tampa Bay, did fairly well. Uh, this is a stage set for OBJ. I mean, that's that's it. Uh, no Cup, one. Loves, what are you talking about? Cup is going to be the man. Oh, Cup is the man. But does anybody love himself more than OBJ? <laughs> I mean, this this is the attention he look. You know, he he changed his contract where he's only getting paid in crypto. So uh, yeah, I mean, Cup Cup has done amazing. Do you know if you include the regular season of playoffs, he has a hundred and sixty receptions. A hundred and sixty. He can't keep that up physically every year. That's just crazy. Well, you think that, but he gets open all the time, and he makes the difficult catches. I mean, as much as we've talked about the effect of the rookie wide receiver for the Bengals, and I know the comparison with him, Chase. yeah, you know, him and has been compared to Jerry Rice. Cup is kind of like Fitzgerald. I mean, he's big. He always gets open, and it's it's amazing. I mean, people laugh when you talk about him being the MVP, and instead of Rodgers or Brady. But whose team's in the Super Bowl and who's not? I mean, Cup has just done amazing, and he plays on special teams. And you know, MVP is kind of strange because pretty much in the NFL, you have three segments to a to a team: special teams, offense, and defense. Unless Jim Thorpe's out there, no one's playing all three. But Cup truly is amazing. I mean, this is a guy that played for Eastern Washington. That's the team with the red field and low draft pick. And it's just how he's built himself up. It's, it's truly amazing that you can have. And again, I'm not Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not a big fan of his. I never have been. But he has he has bought into the team concept and he made a great sideline catch. I mean, it's just, he's blocking, he's catching <laughs> the ball. I mean, it's truly amazing. This is a guy that was for all practical reasons, benched by the Browns. And it's, it's, you know, the Rams are kind of like the NFL's version of the Yankees. They bought all these aging stars, Miller and, uh, Beckham and, and Stafford and and you, you kind of root for them here to you know one last hurrah and everything you never know so it's it's I'm you know I'm giving the Rams the advantage uh-huh. because of the two week delay and because they're used to this circus that we call the Super Bowl they've gone through it their coach has gone through it both coaches gone through it but one of them was a head coach, the other was an assistant. I don't know. Sean McVay looked a little sketchy with his challenges on Sunday. Well, Man. you know, he only had four the entire year. That kind of blew my mind because most coaches have at least one every game. And I went, wow. He's had half as many challenges in the playoffs that he did in the regular season, which shows either you had a lot of games or you didn't have many, many questionable plays in that respect. So if McVeigh can quit pushing Campbell's soup for a while, I think he <laughs> might be doing pretty well there. I mean, you know, when I hear McVeigh talk, this is going to sound bad. Speaking You're going to say it anyways, aren't you? Yeah, and speaking of cancel culture, I shouldn't say it. 
But when I close my eyes and hear him talk, I swear I hear John Gruden. Don't you? A little bit, I do. Yeah, a little bit of Gruden is that that quick talk, that that upper high. Hey, I'm a football coach. Hey, yeah, yeah. Yes. let's go. I mean, it's just, and you know, he never coached them. You kind of wonder how the Redskins, excuse me, the uh, Washington football team. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Back that up, oh, buddy. Okay, we're a day before the new name, the Washington Admirals, as they're going to be named. Really? That's what they're going to call them? That's the that's the internet rumor. It's going to be, and why you would name them Admirals when what? you're what? Hour and a half from actually a body of water. Well, I guess they you can't call them generals because of Trump price <laughs> owns the name. No, no, can't call them generals because of the Harlem Globetrotters. Remember, the Globetrotters always beat the Washington Generals. That's the Patsy team. Oh, 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 oh. Can't use Federals because that was a USFL name. Can't use the Sentinels because that was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> the comebacks. Uh, yeah, I hear admirals. Uh, the other rumor is you understand what day they're going to uh, give out the new name. What's the date? With tomorrow's Groundhog's Day? Yeah. That's, so the rumor is it's going to be hogs. Oh. That's why they waited to Groundhog Day. Uh, I don't know. I, I get it. The, their offensive line used to be called the hogs, but that's been so long ago. Come on. Yeah. That was in the eighties. Yeah. I hear admirals because they want to do something. Well, bring David Robinson out of retirement to be their commissioner or something. Well, maybe get his son. His son played wide receiver at Notre Dame. Yeah. Maybe they sign him in that respect. But. So your prediction is that uh the Rams are gonna prevail and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, and I don't think it'll be an exciting Super Bowl. I hope I'm wrong. But the, I hate the two week delay. We had the when you look back at the great Super Bowls, we didn't have that that two week gap. You remember Buffalo and the Giants in mm-hmm. wide left or whatever wide right? Yeah, yeah, Scott Norwood. There was no week delay that time because uh, there was a strike issue. Yeah, I just think you need to play, but you know they got to make money. And February is one of the three months in which the ratings are done. And basically what happens, February, May, and October are the months that they take the average average viewership. And that's how they determine the advertising rates for the big four networks. So that's what they charge for their commercial. Now, Super Bowl is always millions and millions of dollars. I mean, you've already seen the pre-commercial uh, with uh, with uh, Paul Rudd and Lay's potato chips and all that, they they do pre commercials for commercials for the Super Bowl. That's how much money they make. And uh, you know, and, and they got one where Manning is bowling with Steve Buscemi, which is of course a shout out to uh, the Big Lebowski. Yeah, Michelob Light. Yeah, yeah. So or you, Ultra, you get, whatever. You get previews to the commercials. That's how big the thing is. But they're going to keep the Super Bowl in February for that reason, because mm-hmm. that's the ratings month. And again, it gives them another month of viewership, because we're going to 18 games. Within three years, they'll be playing 18 games and maybe two bye weeks. Which now, is okay other, to me, but the players, gosh, the it's hard big, on them. 
The other big, and we talked last week about the rumor about Al Michaels not returning to NBC. This weekend, the rumor was that Troy Aikman will not be returning to Fox. His contract went out. Ooh. And then Fox because... wants to bring in um, Sean Payton. Aikman, so they're booting Aikman out is what you're saying. Yeah, pretty much. You may see him doing the Thursday night game uh, without Michaels because they're not going to get Peyton Manning, particularly if Peyton makes a bid for the Broncos and the starting offering bids for the Broncos are $4 billion. You got any change later around, Paul? Yeah, I think I got a little change. Yeah, we can all chip in. I'm only three point nine 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 short. That's all. We can borrow. Banks are always. Yeah, why not? I got got a monopoly money down here, and I got a color printer. So hey, we're good. Go across the border, get some of that Canadian money, get some (laughs) loonies for us. All right, that may help. All right, loonies will convince them. Let's get uh, off football for a little bit here, uh, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. Yes, we've been. Like like the second or third child in a large family, we've been ignoring other sports. We're sorry, other sports. It's I'm just football sorry. gets all our attention. Um, let's go to your real love of the basketball, the NBA. Yes. Uh, besides your Tar Heels, you love a great NBA game. You've been to some this year. Let me just ask a quick fire hits here. Ready? All right. Fire away. Ellie Lakers, Done. Stick a fork at him. LeBron's knee, Davis' unavailability, uh, the ball hog qualities of Westbrook. They don't play defense. Uh, Anthony's on his last legs. He's just good to come off the bench. Yeah, they're done. I don't even think they'll make the play-in games. Yeah. All right. Brooklyn Nets, done? No, I mean, they could possibly, when if Durant comes back an early enough, I mean, he's out for eight weeks, they're, they're in the playoffs, and they'll have him back when they get in the playoffs. I'm not exactly sold on the Heat as a playoff team, and they're probably going to get the number one seed. So, no, no, Nets could easily win it all. They could, you know, they get all the pieces together. Easily? Really? Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. come on. East is pretty weak. I mean, unless, you know, we're before the trade deadline. I don't see a lot of great movement into it. I know my my Hornets are looking towards trying to get a big man, either Harold from the, the Wizards or uh, uh, Turner from the Pacers. But I don't see a lot of teams. I mean, the Knicks are, are a disappointment this year. The Hawks are just discombobulated. Those are two teams of the Final Four last year. So, like last year, we're so enamored by all the big names and big cities that we minimize the Bucks. They are the defending champion. I mean, don't you think they could win it all again this year? Yeah, but, you know, they're missing P.J. Tucker. He is a free agent. He signed with the Heat. And he gives that 3 and D, uh, stretch 3, at the power forward position. And he was very effective in the finals last year. So they, they, you know, they've tried to replace him with several players, but I just don't, I don't think this Bucks team is as good as last year's team. All right. So how about golden state? Oh, if, if, if it was like Curry's solved his shooting slump, 
Thompson gets back into shape by playoffs. So he's three-fourths of what he used to be. Uh, sorry, Nate, I would take the Warriors over the Suns if they're fully healthy. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's not including getting their big man back, uh, the rookie from last year from Memphis, if he's well. But that's that's a team that flows very well. They've got some great pieces. And, uh, you know, they're doing all this. They're in second place without Draymond. They get Draymond back. Thompson gets well. That's a team that they get healthy is the best team in the league. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that would be sweet for Curry to have those down years then come back. But it's so hard to stay healthy. Yeah, remember now, he's 34. He's on the downward slide. We, we tend to think that he's younger than he is. He's, he's getting to that end. I mean, you look, look at LeBron. LeBron's 37. He turns 38 for the start of next year. I mean, we better enjoy LeBron if he gets back on the court. Because I know he wants to stay on, wants to play with his son, Bronny. I think Bronny's, what, a junior in high school? Yeah. So you're talking three more years unless he goes to the uh, Ignite, which is the NBDL, uh, the G League, excuse me. Use the old name for it. The G League team for players who don't want to go to college. So three years at tops before he could play with his son. And I, when he's breaking down, I just don't see him playing at 40. Yeah, he's played. What some statistics say that LeBron, between all the championship runs and the Olympics and world things, he's played more basketball in the last twenty years than probably anyone. Yeah, right? he's played the equivalent of almost four seasons with just the playoffs and the Olympics, and you Crazy. know all the the warm up tournaments for <coughs> the Olympics. Yeah. All right, Ernest. Let's get your final good minutes here. Okay. Y'all get sick of me talking about tennis, but here we go. Tennis? Did you say tennis? Yes, tennis. Oh, this yes. is just part two of your part one last week. Oh uh, well, no, because Rafael Nadal. Uh, Rafael now is the all-time winner in tournaments. He came back a five-hour match at the Australian Open uh, against Medvedev, and I got to see the last hour. I mean, he was at triple break point down two sets to none, and fought back. And he freely admits that he's had to change. He just can't sit on the baseline and slam it back and forth like he usually does. He's had to adopt his style. And if you listen to people that cover tennis much closer and more aware of it than I am, they'll tell you there is no more humble athlete in the world of all sports than Rafael Nadal. This is a guy that, like, when he plays tournaments at Washington, shows up a week early, gets on his bicycle, and rides all around the mall just to enjoy the area. This is someone who tries to enjoy the experience. And I've always been a fan of him, of the big three. I mean, I respect Federer and the class that Federer is. I mean, it's just the class of Federer, the humility and and great play of Nadal, and the act, uh, the overall idiocy of Djokovic. Djokovic is just a self-centered, selfish jerk. Oh, so you him, like he, him, huh? He got disqualified from the Olympics for slamming his racket. He was eliminated from the U.S. Open for verbally abusing the chair. And it's just a shame that these three are linked together. And the best match I ever saw was maybe, what, 10 years ago in the Wimbledon final? 
uh, Nadal and, and Federer, which Federer won, and I think it went seven sets. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I love football, love hockey, love, uh, love basketball, love baseball, which we probably won't see for a while. But I do enjoy, I mean, we're, and y'all have heard me say this again, I hate to be redundant. In men's tennis now, we're like at the end of like Brady, Unitas, Jim Brown playing at the same time. It's the equivalent of LeBron and Bird and Magic and Jordan all playing at the same time. You'll, you'll never see every sport where you have the three best athletes of all time playing at the same time. And yeah. that's what we're going through in tennis. A and good again, tennis match is so tense. They're so evenly matched, too. And every mono, shot, you just hold your breath practically. It's mono mono. It's It's one of those rare sports where you are competing against one person. You're not playing against a course. You're not, you don't have teammates. It's the fatigue. It's the, the mental stress. It's the strategy. It's like boxing almost. Yeah. It really is like boxing without the brutality. Yeah. But it's, I enjoy, and like I said, these three guys are going to be gone in two years or a year. We Neither at all. And, uh, Maybe this might be the last major he wins, but I've enjoyed for 15 years watching him and Federer play. And it's, it's, you know, and the athletes are so much better now. I mean, you don't have to go back too far, but Pete Sampras, who was considered the best, and Andre Agassi at their time, and McEnroe could not compete with these guys. They're bigger, faster, stronger. Hmm. All right. Well, at least you didn't talk about somebody dying this week. You know, for no, about four no. or five weeks in a row, you talked about in your last no, good minutes about somebody about dying. Something, talk about something good. <laughs> uplifting. Uplifting. All right. Well, my final minute or two is, hey, watch the Olympics. Why not? Why not? I know it's not perfect. I know it's in China where they don't treat people right. But, you know, it's an escapism a little bit. Enjoy it. Watch the people go down treacherous twists and turns in a little sled and see what's going to happen to them. Um, anyways, you've been listening to Pardon the Confusion. I'm Paul Arnold. He's Ernest Watts. We've had fun. If you want to find out more about our podcast, email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com. And we appreciate you listening, and have a good night.